All right, God is so good, isn't he? And, and today, well, it's not up there. I'm going to wait till it's up there. All right. Today we're going to talk about living out loud. <laughs> now you saw um, Flame came, and it sounds like he's going to be a guy who lives out loud. In fact, um, it's going to be interesting because he's the sidekick, so he's supposed to be comedy relief. And uh, the funny thing is when I was reading his lines, they weren't as funny as they should be. Because if you ever work with um, Captain Shield, you know you've got to be funnier than that. And so, um, praise God. So they're going to have fun. And so um, the whole crew and um, Jeremy and, let's see, Sam and Danny and Sarah and Karen. Yes, Sarah. You are a superhero, and you are superhero booth. I don't know what your name is. I think it's, what is it? Karma Sutra? Um, no, 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 not that. Um, how do you say it? Oh, Sarita. Yes. Uh, Sarita Chiquita. Yeah, yeah. Sarita Chiquita. There you go. Um, she's a banana. It's her name in Spanish. And so, um, if you read these, the book at all, it says that the person who is running all the stuff in the booth is also part of our team and will be referred to. And I don't know, um, I got to get that name down because I'm going to, like you saw, I already butchered it. And uh, I had one of those um, moments that your tongue gets tied and it does not come out the way you want it to be. So praise God, everybody was good here. The other thing I'm happy about is look at who is here today. Isn't this exciting? Everybody who loves our church, who truly, truly cares, is here. Can I explain something? Everybody sit up straight and pay attention for just a few minutes. Jason said about giving. Do you know that's the easiest thing that God calls us to do, but we, we make it hard? It's the easiest thing. Think about the little widow who, she lived out loud. She, she didn't draw attention to herself. She didn't do anything extraordinary, except she walked up to give, didn't she? And Jesus is watching all these people. You have people walking up to give, Jeremy, that had... They made a parade out of it, and they had horn players tooting horns. That's where the phrase tooting your own horn comes from. Tooting horns and all this stuff, and putting their offering in is, look at me, look at me, look at me. And the little woman, who was actually the only one living out loud in that crowd, walks up and she puts all the money she had into the play. You know how easy it was for her? She walked up and she dropped it in. That's how easy it was. But we make it too hard. Oh, that's my whole livelihood. That's all the money I have. How can I do this? But it was so simple for her to say, I love you, Lord, more than anything. And she just walked up to the plate and dropped it in. The thing is, God didn't miss it, did he? Think about it. God did not miss it. He was sitting right there. His eye is on the sparrow. So he's going to watch over you. He sees it when a sparrow falls to the ground dead. He knows how many hairs on your head there are. Some of us, it's easier to keep count than others. Right? 
Others, it's a lot harder to keep count. But the Lord knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. Isn't that ex- And he knows when you're wearing a toupee. <laughs> right? Because he knows. He, he, he knows how many tears you have shed. His eye is on you. He watches you. You know how easy it is to figure out your tithe? All you have to do is move the decimal point to the left one place. That's how easy it is to tithe. Everything in front of the decimal point belongs to God. Now, the number behind the decimal point, if it's five or higher, you know to round up. Oh, that's right. Most of you are taught common course, so you don't know that. Mm. I apologize to all the young people who had to be taught by Common Core that you didn't learn anything in school. I was taught by my I just apologize to all the kids out there that the rest of us didn't rise up and say, why aren't you teaching our children? We're giving you all that tax money to not teach them. I am so glad there's states that rebelled against that because it's so important that our kids, like North Dakota did, our kids are most precious and they need to be taught the truth. Amen? I'm going to ask a question and then I'm going to get into the text here. How many know who Washington Six are? Any, anybody know who Washington Six are? If it wasn't for them, we would have lost the Revolutionary War. If it wasn't for them, Benedict Arnold would have got away with it. If it wasn't for them, the British would have for, counterfeit all this money and bankrupt the nation before it even had a start. If it wasn't for them, Washington wouldn't have gotten the code book for the British ships and so we could have won. That's one of the reasons we won. The biggest reason we won the Battle of Yorktown. But our kids don't learn these things in school. Now, granted, most of us only know about Nathan Hale. He was not one of the six. But you know what? They te- the first thing they teach you at CAI headquarters as a new recruit about Washington's secret spy ring that he had. And you learn about it. And you know what? We know only five out of the six now. They kept their names so quiet. It was only until the 20s that we finally learned the, the ringleader of the six. But we still don't know who the woman is, who was part one woman. And right now, all we know is that she was the only one who died. One out of the six. Huh. That's pretty good, huh? The only one got captured. And she kept her mouth shut. Oh. That goes against all the women jokes out there, doesn't it? Folks, our kids need to know these things. And, the, and by the way, the six were very godly people. Very godly people. Um, and, and very humble. They didn't want, only one out of the six would brag about what he did. The rest wanted to say, we don't want anybody to know, just leave us alone. I love it, though, when my messages come out of my devotional life. 
This week, Lorraine and I were um, having devotions, and the title of one of our devotion was Living Out Loud. And the Holy Spirit said, that's it. And it was just, it, it just, I thought about us, how that title should be who we are. Just like the sound of the fireworks that we love to watch, our life should ring out, not as attention grabbers, but as influencers of those around us. Everybody here are influencers. Everybody here are influencers. There are people in your life that you have influence over and that you should go be going ahead and saying, hey, let me tell you about the one who gets me through everything. Everybody here has an influence. You might not think you're an influencer, but God has placed you in a strategic place to be an influence on somebody else. Instead of a fast burn like the fireworks, our life should resemble a beacon, drawing others to the safety of salvation. Too many live as Christian mice. Hmm. Hiding. Not wanting to be seen when the real living and fun is a life that is lived out loud. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message today. I thank you for what's going to happen this week. I thank you, Lord, that we're, we're going to be able to live out loud in front of all these kids. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the ones who are going to come and, and, and build each night of the week. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that um, we could be more like little children, not knowing anybody better than just to invite, 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 invite. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for all that's been going on here today and, and the message we've heard for the offering. We thank you, Lord, that we can live up to our potential in you. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing upon me and that I would speak only the words you would have me to say and the anointing on upon us all to hear from you today. We praise you in the precious name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. Oh, glory to God. Now, let's look, get into 1 Peter 3. And we're going to look at verse 8 and 9. Now, now, I want you to notice up there what it says right away. Peter had some, has some good advice for us. How many here need some good advice sometimes? Yeah. yeah I, I love the fact how Peter writes because he has some good advice for us. Let, let's look at what he says here. Finally. Hmm. <laughs> Finally. Oh, my word, you'd probably be saying, ah, oh, is this the end of your sermon? No, just the beginning. Finally, all of you, all of you, that's everyone here, that's you and me and the person sitting across from you, all of you be of one mind. This is why communication is so important. I don't know. I have been, Jason and I have been trying to preach that in one form or another for 15 years now. 
Communicate, communicate, communicate. The one thing that goes against unity is not having singleness of mind. Right? Let me reiterate. Call, if you need to get a hold of me, call the church number if you know it, and it will ring through to my cell phone. And most of you now have my cell phone on your phone so you can text me. It's that simple. Pastors, by the way, cannot read minds. Robin was shocked when I put that out on Facebook. She, really? She said, really? You can't? We just can't. It doesn't work that way. And you should have saw how many preachers that I know came out of the woodwork going, like, 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 like. And I had some, sh I, I, I thought I only had three, sh I had more shares for that. It was so funny. I even had some overseers go, like, because they know. Because even overseers get accused. Why didn't you read my mind? Why didn't you know what was going on? Because you didn't tell me. We need to work together. This week, it's very important that we have singleness of mind. What should our singleness of mind be? Let's get them saved. Come on, the greatest thing we can do. All right, be one mind. Oh, I, well, no, you don't want to hear the rest of this. Come on. You know when Peter's here in 1 Peter, when he is talking, you know his, his crowd that he's talking to is? These are people who are facing persecution and possible martyrdom. And yet he's giving us encouragement. And you know what? We almost were going to face that here in America if the election had gone the wrong way. We were, going, we, we were being threatened to have to have the church go underground and learn how to do church completely different. I, you know what? I wasn't worried about it one way or the other you know, at all. But I was praising, thanking God that his hand was sovereign and he gave us a moment of grace. And we need to take advantage of this moment of grace, do we not? With Jesus coming back soon, we know what Revelation says. We know what Matthew 24 says. It's not going to get any better before Jesus gets here. But you know what? The church is going to be triumphant. And we're believing for a great revival. And the Bible says before Jesus comes, it's going to be a great revival. And I want to be part of it. How about you? So we need to get single-minded. We need to be working together. We don't need to worry. But you know what? Even though we might not be facing persecution, we might not be facing martyrdom, we still need encouragement, do we not? And so let's look at what he says here. Let's go on. He says, be of one mind, having compassion for one another. <sighs> so... We have compassion and we take in the strays. Mm. Hi. How are you? We have compassion. And we don't care if you have red hair. <laughs> I'm glad I have brown. We have compassion and we pray for one another when we're feeling nervous. We have compassion and we consider each other the smartest people in a whole wide world. Why? Because we've all accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Come on. Having compassion for one another. You, love. Love as brothers. My word. Stop just seeing each other as 
the people we go to church with. See each other as family. A few weeks ago, I was talking with Jeremy, and I said, you know, when I look at Jason and Robin's kids, I consider them all nieces and nephews. I've told you this before. Jason is the brother I never knew I had until I got here. Like I said, we like to adopt strays, don't we? <laughs> Be courteous! We shouldn't act like Alice then. We need to be courteous of one another. Not returning, what does it say? Evil for evil. Now you know what, if you're facing persecution, you sometimes want to go, ooh, I want to get you. No, no, he says, don't do that. Don't return evil for evil. What did Jesus say? If they strike you on one cheek, what are you supposed to do? Offer them the other one. Come on. If they want to take your coat, <laughs> if they want you to take your cloak, let them have it. Give them your tunic also. You know what Jesus says? If they want to take your coat, give them your tunic also. You know what that meant? Is you gave them not only your coat, but you walked home in your underwear. Um, Jesus did a lot more. He hung on the cross completely naked. He was completely naked when he hung on the cross. The only reason the artists show him wearing anything is because the artists who painted back in the old days, they were reverent. They loved their Jesus. And they weren't going to embarrass him again. Come on. But on the contrary, he says, contrary means the opposite. Blessings. Blessings. Bless them. Of course, the Southerners are really good at that. Oh, bless your little heart. My Southern friends know what I'm saying. You better mean it. But on the contrary, blessings know that you were... I do speak some hillbilly. Um, blessings knowing that you... That's a joke in the Church of God. Don't be writing me letters about that one. Knowing that you were called to this. What? Living the life of being a Christian. That you may inherit... What does it say? That you may inherit what? A blessing. Huh. Don't we all want to have a good inheritance? Oh my word. Even if you have to go through probate... My uncle had to go through probate once. He had probate problem once. He had to take a pill this big. Um. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, for those who are going through probate, it sometimes feels that bad. I'm quoting Roger Rabbit. So Peter has some good advice. Did you notice he says, Peter tells us not to lose heart. Come on. In verse... We'll see that in a little bit. I got ahead of myself. Hmm. Do not lose heart knowing that you've been called to this. You were called to something. You weren't called just to come to church and sit on a comfy chair. You were called for much more than this. You weren't just called to come to church, sit in a chair, and put some money in the plate. You were called to something more than this. 
You weren't just called to come to church and sit in Sunday school or teach Sunday school or, or, or run the booth. You were called to much more than this. What are we called to? What's our number one job? Is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That's the second greatest command. The first greatest command is to love God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our soul. And if we're loving him with all that, we're going to be, do what our purpose is. What is loving our neighbor? Telling them the truth. Telling them the only way of salvation is through Jesus Christ. That is our purpose for living. And we got to do that. That's our whole purpose. Now, many of us are called, and I told you last week, some of us are called to be evangelists, but not all of us are called to be evangelists. 10% of the church are called to evangelism, but 100% of the church is called to be witnesses because Jesus says, you are my witnesses. And he was talking to the whole church, not just to that 10%. So we're all called to be witnesses. We're all called to share the gospel with, for Jesus Christ. Amen? Live your life so others will know you are a Christian. But I like being that church mouse. You know, we go, and we go to church on Sunday, we go shout, praise God, and then the rest of the week we are living as secret agent man, secret agent man, and, 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 and we're... We, 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 we keep our heads down low and we don't speak up for what is right. We need to start speaking up. You need to let your voice be heard. Let, let's look at the next point. Put up the next slide there. We are called to this. We are called to this. How to conduct your lives. Interesting, huh? How do we conduct our lives? What does Peter say? You know, Peter says in his book that pastors, it doesn't matter if they know it well, I want you to review this with them over and over and over. And, and I'm paraphrasing now, unless we forget. I can't imagine. Jason and I were talking about this the other day at prayer. How many Christians today don't know the basics? We need to, and we were talking about how we have to review the basics once again. Let's see what the word says here. We are called to this, how to conduct our lives. For he would, he who would love life and see good days. Oh boy, I like that. How many here want to see good days? Yeah, yeah, uh, this is good, this, this, this is going to be good, this is going to be good. Okay, um, how, how do we do that? Let him refrain, uh-oh, his tongue, oh boy, from evil. Mm. And his lips from speaking deceit. Oh boy. You know, the, you know the only thing, you know the number one thing God hates? You know the number one thing that God hates? The Bible says is a liar. Is a liar. He, he, he don't like it. There is no reason a Christian has to lie to get somebody saved. Hallelujah. 
Come on. We do not have to exaggerate. Come on. The little boy said to his dad, boy, I really enjoyed your sermon today, but were, 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 were you telling the truth or were you just speaking evangelistically? Evangelistically. <sighs> <laughs> Too many times I read headlines from Christian sources that seem like they're just attention getters. And I'm going, oh my word, knock it off. Just tell the plain, simple truth. Because the word of God is plain and simple and sharper than any two-edged sword. It will get you. So make sure, if you want to live and see good days, learn to control your tongue. Peter here makes the same simple, doesn't it? James says it's a hard thing to do to bridle the tongue. So does John. But... Here, Peter's saying, you know what? This is the guy who, during Jesus' ministry, now sit up and listen, don't go to sleep here. Listen up and pay attention now. <laughs> Peter's the guy that had the foot-in-the-mouth disease, didn't he? Oh, man. Oh, man. Jesus, yeah, I mean, he did so many things that were wrong, didn't he? And thank God he did them. I mean, it was Peter who drew on, who knew who was packing heat. Out of all the disciples. He knew them all. He knew who had, the, who had the weapons on them. He turned, grabbed the guy's sword out of his sheath so quick. And he cut the guy's ear off. And Jesus said, oh, Peter, he who lives by the sword is going to die by the sword. Yes, Jesus, here you go, Matthias. Come on. Peter was always doing something. But then the Holy Ghost got a hold of him. And God used him to give the first sermon. If God can get a hold of Peter's tongue, he can get a hold of yours. Amen. Come on. He can get a hold of mine. Let, let's go. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. This is good stuff. Um, let him turn away from evil and do good. Oh, I like that. Let's do good. Let's do some good this week. Okay? Let's do some good this week. Let him seek Oh. Here's one that's hard for us sometimes. Let them seek peace and pursue it. You know what Jesus says? Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they what? They shall see God. They shall see God. Oh, I want to see God, don't you? Oh, my. I can't wait to see the mighty, mighty colors of God. So... All the spect oh, it's going to be so, we're going to see colors we never thought existed before when we come into his presence. Read Revelations. Seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So the last thing we see there we need to do, not just control our tongues to learn how to do that, not, not just to seek peace, but we need to be, learn how to pray. So another thing that I'm adding to Life Corps is when we come together, the first week we're going to take time to pray for our community. 
We need to start interceding for Wapiton and Breckenridge. Well, I'm not called to the prayer life of intercession. But you know what? We can take some time the first week of the Sunday. I know, that, I know they say 5% of the church are intercessors. Okay, start interceding, please. But you know what? We all can pray. And, and we need to start praying for our community. We need to pray for Breckenridge. We need to pray for Wapiton and the surrounding, surrounding parts of our county. We, are we being effective enough? old movie had a line in it. And it's an old, I can't remember who stars in it. It's an old cowboy farce. And the line is, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Oh, I remember that. You know what the church's ammunition is? Prayer. And we need to learn to pray. The second week, we are going to take time and pray for our unsaved family members and friends. How many here have unsaved family members and friends? Yeah, we all do. Do we not? Won't it be good to break up into groups and pray for them? That's going to be part of Life Corps. And then the third week, we're going to break up into our men's group and our women's group because our women need to meet. And so, um, and we're going to, I get to go to the very first women's meeting. Um, again and, and, and do my thing and then leave and so um, somebody will be running the men's group that week and then the last Sunday of the month we're going to pray for our missionaries it's embarrassing usually we, spend, we, we give $1,200 to $2,000 every year for world missions year to date I just opened up the letter because I haven't been looking because we've been I've been digging, digging, digging. We've only given $125 officially to world missions. It doesn't seem right, does it? No, we have money that's going to get paid, but we're digging ourselves out of a hole. This is why we need to learn to give. I know that. I know that. It's on the books. They're ready to go as soon as we... We're digging ourselves out. That's one of the holes. We're digging ourselves out. Why do you? Last week, I raised over eleven hundred dollars. That came. I raised. I didn't pay it. I went out and I started asking people, "Help!" And and graciously, some people said, "I'll help with that one, and I'll help by giving this much." And I said, "Thank you, Jesus." And that's a good thing, you know. Sometimes the pastor has to go out and ask. Used to be Doris used to do that. She used to go quietly around the scenes and go ahead and twist arms. I don't twist arms. I just say, what, you know, what can you do? How can you help? You know, that's my thing. But Doris was really good at being able to do that. And she did it in such a loving way that you thanked her for it And when she got done. I, I don't know how she did it, but she did it. She was just awesome because she was always seeking peace and praying. She actually told me the, the secret to everything she did as clerk was that she prayed and relied on the Holy Spirit because she couldn't do it any other way. And so she would go into her office every week on a Sunday and just have, get her alone time and just pray and pray and pray because um, it wasn't always easy. It never is. So we need to pray. We need to be prayer warriors. Isn't that cool to be able to, be, to start praying together? Oh, my word. And then have the men and women getting together and do things. Oh, and then if we have a... A fifth Sunday, we'll have a social time. Social. And, and with something going on. And it'll be great. We're going to have fun. All right. So, we need to 
Control our tongue, seek peace, and pray. Hey, that's something, that goes along with Peter's good advice from the very beginning, how to treat one another. And then we have our third point here. And I like our third point here. Let's, let's put it up there. Um, oh, there we go. I'm ready now. Um, be ready. I wasn't ready until that came up. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. Can you all read that? Have you been all able to read all that? I'm glad because I wanted to make sure you could all read that. Oh, praise God. I like the colors too, don't you? You know, um, if it was dark in here, they would pop even more. Um, so I, I noticed though, that um, I was losing some of you, so I want Corey and I worked on this so that I wouldn't lose you. She she was a good help because uh, we we worked on this together. And so um, now let's see, verse thirteen. And whom is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? I like that. Who's going to actually harm you? What's the worst they can do to you? Ignore. Uh, kill you. That's the worst they can do to you. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the worst they can do to you. It's kill you. Jesus says, for me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. So are they really? <laughs> I mean, they're doing you a favor. They're sending you to heaven faster. Well, I really don't want to die. No, none of us do. Do you think Peter, Peter was happy? Oh, I'm going to sing a happy song as I'm going to the cross. Yay! And now hang me here so I can suffer and die. Do you think Paul was really, oh, Oh, happy day, oh, happy day. Oh, I'm here, chop my head off. <laughs> no. They, they didn't want to die, did they? But they knew the next moment they were going to see Jesus. Come on. So the worst they can do is kill you. And then they're actually sending you home to heaven. You know what drove all the, the ISIS jerks crazy? You know what drove them nuts? Yeah, it was Jesus, but you know what really drove them nuts? Is when they were going to martyr all the Christians that they killed, and none of them act fearful. They all knelt down, and they, they didn't act fearful. They didn't cry out for their lives, and they would kill them and get so angry because they didn't have their, their moment of having those Christians beg. You know why? All those people who were being martyred knew they were going to see Jesus. And it was only going to last just for a moment. And Peter says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Now that, that, that seems so odd, doesn't it? That if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you're blessed? Yeah, you are. Because you're identifying with Jesus. What happened with Peter and John one day, the early days of the church? They're going up to the temple to pray. Just going up. And as they're going up the stairs, and this guy, Jesus, passed many times, going up to the stairs, and they see this guy lounging on the side of the road going, alms, alms, I'll pray for you if you give me alms. Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold do I have none, but what I do have I give you freely in the name of Jesus. And he pulled him to his feet, and the man went dan dancing and leaping and praising God. Did he not? Come on. And Peter and John were arrested. How dare you heal that man? How dare you be good to him? And how dare you talk about Jesus? <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> and they beat him. 
And because of the people they were afraid, they sent them on their way. And Peter and John, the oddest thing it says in the book of Acts, they went out rejoicing. Why? Because they could identify with Jesus. We got beat up for Jesus today. For Jesus today. For Jesus today. We got beat up for Jesus today. They really beat us good. That seems so odd to us. But Peter's writing here. You're blessed when they do it to you. He says, do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But here's the good part. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. This is the part that Christians, and this is a hard thing for our young people to do. Our young people are forgetting to do this because they're not hearing about it. They're not being told they need to do this. We need to sanctify. You know, God sanctifies us when we get saved, where he separates us unto the Lord. But Peter says we're supposed to sanctify the Lord in our hearts, ourselves unto the Lord. That's, when we do that, we'll find that it's easy to give. When we do that, we'll find it's easy to obey the word of God. When we do that, we will find that we'll wait for marriage. Come on. Let me tell you something. You will be so blessed if you do. Well, Pastor, I already messed up. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. I don't care what you've done in the past. I'm talking about right now. If God has forgiven you and has been covered in the blood, why are you throwing it in your face? I don't, if God don't care no more, I don't care. I am not going fishing in God's sea of unforgetfulness. If you've been forgiven, you are forgiven. The Bible says if if Christ has set you free, you are free indeed. Why should I try to put you back in chains? So I don't care about what happened in the past. I'm talking about right now. Sanctify the the Lord in your heart. I just got zapped. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Separate yourself. Don't be like the rest. Be countercultural. Be countercultural. Don't act like this culture. Who cares what the rap artist says? Who cares when, what Kim Kardashian says? Who cares what Hollywood says? Care more about what? Thus saith the Lord says. And live for him. And you're going to be so blessed. And you know what? That girl or that boy that you marry, you will be so blessed because you will be special treasures to each other. I shared that with one of our young ladies in our church. I said, I, I said they're a bunch of idiots. The boys in this town not seeing the precious jewel that you are. I said, but you just keep on seeing yourself as a precious jewel because God's going to give you the best reward and bring you the greatest gift that you could ever want to receive in the husband he gives you. You know, too many of us, we get out ahead of God instead of waiting for him to bring us our Adam or waiting to bring us our Eve. But he will do that. He did it for Adam in the garden, did he not? Let's not, just, let's not get, in, get caught up into the culture. 
But Match.com, who cares what Match.com says? And I don't care what Christian Mingle says either. <laughs> Go ahead and start praising the Lord and believe with all your heart. I wish that Genevieve, I could bring her here today and she could testify about how God can bring you your spouse and how blessed you will be. But she's up in heaven, so when you get to heaven, you'll hear her whole story because she can never stop talking about it because she was so blessed. All right. And then he says, be ready. Come on. Be ready. Ching. 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 What? Wild Earp had to be ready at all times, didn't he? I forget who, who got shot in the back. I don't remember. But he was, a good, he was one of those gunslingers from the old day. And he made the mistake of sitting with his back to the door. And that's how he got it. That was Wild Earp. That was Wild Earp? Yeah. Fastest draw in the Old West. And he made the mistake. He never sat with his back to the door except for that one time. And that was it. And some coward ran in and went, Bang! Because he knew he couldn't beat him any other way. See, White Earth forgot to be ready. But as Christians, we're supposed to be ready. For what? Everything. Now, we don't have to have a shootout. Bang, 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 bang. But you know what? The devil goes around as a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. But just remember, the devil is the old lion. Oh, my word. You've got to go to the archives for camp meeting when Brother Sims was preaching on, was it Thursday night? Wednesday night. No, it had to be Thursday night because Brother Ramirez. Um, Wednesday. You've got to go and watch that sermon. He brought to you some bunch of the. No, Friday night. Friday night service. You've got to go look it up. He brought a bunch of the youth group up on the. Some of the youth who were there because it was youth night. And he had them help him out. And I'll tell you what, he had a Jeremy on the stage. And he had a Sam on the stage. I mean, really. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. And, and, and I'll tell you the truth. And the Jeremy on the stage, he says, you're the old lion. Now, you've got something to understand. Old lions have no, really, they're old. They can't run fast. They've got some mange. They, they've lost some teeth. They're not as strong as the young lions anymore. So their whole job is to scare everybody. And that's the devil. That's the devil. You guys got to go see it. It's, a, it's the funniest thing you'll want to see, and you would swear that he was here at our church, having youth night at our church. Robin would have been just amazed. And then, and then he brought out Goliath's head. He actually had Goliath's head there. I don't know where he got it from. He must have gone on a dig someplace. But he had, he, I'll tell you what, Goliath was ugly, and the stone was still lodged in his forehead. And uh, that was an ugly, ugly thing. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, all the kids were sitting up. But he says, and always be ready to give a defense to any, everyone who asks you a reason. Now, I'm not just telling you to say, how, why are you saved? No, 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 this is more than that. Look what it says. For a reason for the hope that is in you. You know people see that you have hope where they don't have do you have it easier than anybody else? No. Do you have problems in your life? Oh, my word. Everybody else, everybody here does. But there's a difference between us 
when we have problems and people in the world. Because why? We have hope. Who do we have hope in? Jesus. And what do we have hope? That he's going to get us out of the mess, doesn't we? And he always does, right? Maybe not the way we wanted him to, but he always answers, doesn't he? He always gets us out of the mess. So he says, be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that is in you. Now he tells you with how? With meekness and fear. So we're not supposed to be grabbing him, throwing him in our trunk, and dragging him. That'll just get us in trouble, won't it? Uh, Flame was telling us to, to round up the kids in our, that we know. And if you have to, just <laughs> throw them in your trunk and bring them. No, and then Flame says, don't do that, don't do that, we, we don't do that, that'd be wrong. Okay? So we're supposed to do it with meekness and fear. Why? Because we shouldn't be acting like, oh... <laughs> you got that problem? Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Oh, if you just had Jesus, it would be so bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Our attitude should be in meekness and fear. Like, you know what? I understand. I just found that with Jesus, he's helped me. Because I don't know what I'd do without him. I don't know what I'd do without him. Because I understand what you're going through. And you're going through a really hard time right now. You see, that's meekness, and that's humility, and that's going to speak louder than you going up and saying, oh, you know. We do have a better way, but we should do it in a way that talks to people. But we should be ready. He says, be ready. And I'm telling you, what he's saying here in the Greek is, be ready at all times. But pastor, I don't always think that fast. I, 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 I'll go ahead and I'll meet somebody, I'm talking to them, and then as I'm driving away, all of a sudden, why didn't I think of that? I could have told them that, and then it would have been the answer, and blah, blah, you know. No, that's where Paul says, don't worry about what you're going to say. Rely on the Holy Spirit, and he will fill your mouth. Paul says, I didn't come with all this intellect and smart words and great Rhetoric, I only came to you with the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on. We need to learn to rely on Him. And then verse 16, having a good conscience. That when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. You know what? If you keep a good conscience about you because you have sanctified the Lord in your life, when they go ahead and start calling you nasty names and defiling you and saying things about you that aren't true, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get ashamed. I, for, for our dear president, I wish he'd learn that verse 16. <laughs> He's, he's a new Christian, hasn't been saved that long, but you know what? His actions speak louder than his words, but because he says so many words, because he doesn't understand verse 16, because nobody shared it with him yet, I hope his pastor does one day share this passage with him, he would learn that and let them be shamed. I do think it's funny, though, when he's at his rallies now, the media's now been labeled, especially one of the big news organizations. They're no longer known by who they are. They're just known as fake news. And then he's at his rallies now. He says, you see those people back there? And the people in the crowd, they all turn around and say, fake news. <laughs> wow. 
One thing his mouth did do for him is revealed what our media is actually like. It's revealed what Hollywood's been like. It's revealed what a lot of our institutions been like. But let us be, let the church stand and rise and be glorious. And let's stop worrying about how they defame us. Let's go ahead and conduct ourselves with a good conscience and loving people and, and, and telling the truth so that when they look at our good conduct, they will be put to shame because of the things they've accused us of. Come on. Let your faith, live your faith out in the open without fear. Be courageous and live sanctified. And by the way, you can't do it yourself. But, you just, but he just said, sanctify the Lord. And you, just, you can't really do it yourself. You've got to do it through the cross of Jesus Christ. Too many people have tried to do it in themselves, and it comes out into legalism through all these works. And it's like, your hair is too long. Your hair is too short. Your dress doesn't go to the floor. Oh, you're wearing shorts. Girls can see your knees. Oh, shame on you. Old Brother Foss was in his 80s, and old holiness preacher. And boy, did he have a tan because he loved working out in his garden. And he started working without a shirt on because it was summertime, 80-some years old. And he told us in Sunday school, he says, yep, I did it. Oh, me, I was out there working without my shirt on. Old holiness preacher from the old days, you know, 60-some years preaching when I knew him. He says, but then I just said to the Lord, Lord, if some woman coming past my yard gets all excited after this, her dipstick doesn't go that deep. <laughs> <laughs> Only through the power. Take your problems to the foot of the cross and Jesus will help you. Take it to the foot of the cross and he will help you sanctify, be sanctified. And he will help you sanctify him in your heart. Take it to Jesus. It's the only thing that will help you overcome. Take it to the cross because the power, what does the Bible say? It's the the, it is the power of the cross to save. And it's still the power of the cross to sanctify you, to separate you from the world and unto God. And let us be ready at all times. And then our conclusion is found in verse 17. Let's just throw that up there. For it's better to be in the will of God. This is the whole kicker for it. Come on. This whole thing. Paul, Peter's going on and then he says to us, for it's better to be in the will of God. Let's see what he says. For it's better if it is the will of God. But I don't like how he says this, Corey. I don't like how he says that. For it's better to be in the will of God to have hurting hips. For it's better to be in the will of God to... Oh, I'm old now. I need a walker. It's better to be in the will of God. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what it said, did it? To suffer for doing good than doing evil. But I, Pastor, I don't want... But that's how he sums this whole path, this passage up. Doesn't he? I mean, he starts out with some good advice. 
He tells us how to do things. I mean, it's just so great. I mean, he, he, he tells us how to conduct our lives. He tells us to be ready to give the hope that's in us. And then he just says, he concludes it all, for it's better to be in the will of God. Even if we have to suffer for it. How true is that? Why is that? Let me tell you, evil, evil, try, evil separates us from God. Or tries to. All those people who were killed on 9-11 in those high-rises, right? The, they wanted to separate all those people, didn't they? But you know what? Everybody who was saved wasn't separated from God for long, were they? I mean, the next moment they were in heaven with Jesus, right? We know, we know, <laughs> we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God, but evil will try. So you have to suffer some for doing good. It's better to be in God's will because God will reward. There's a missionary that I believe she was in China. And the Japanese during World War II came into China and ca captured the province where she was at as she went to one of their concentration camps. They took away her Bible. They took away so much, but they couldn't take away her faith. And she, would, she taught everybody in the consecration camp that was with her. Um, I can't say it, I know. Concentration camp. She <laughs> got her to consecrate, consecrate all those people for Jesus. That's what she did. But she took them and taught them one song that they all could know because she didn't have hymn book and they sang it over and over again as bonds would drop and things Jesus loves me this I know and she continued to pray for them and pray with them and and teach them about Jesus she won more people while she was imprisoned by the Japanese and being tortured because she was in the will of God a pastor who was just martyred not long ago by ISIS. They thought by locking him up and silencing his voice, by locking him up, they were doing him harm. He won more Muslims to Christ while he was locked up before they killed him. Why? Because it was better even though he had to suffer to be in the will of God. And right now pray that God would get... There's a pastor that's been um, imprisoned in Turkey for nothing for no good reason. And they've imprisoned him. And I bet when he finally gets out and comes back home here to America, he's going to have some stories to tell about the people he has told about Jesus. But we know that nothing is separated from the love of God. We just go to Philippians, read that whole list of things that can't separate you from the love of God. To ensure that we have a loving relationship with God, Jesus came and died for you, did he not? He came and died for us. Those at home listening, will you accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior and make sure that you have a loving relationship with him? In here in the church, will you live out loud your faith, especially this week? Will you live out loud your faith? In Christ Jesus, and I, I didn't say mention this. Living out loud is Aren't you glad you know Jesus? What? <laughs> <laughs> 
living out loud as they can hear you, they can see you. <clears throat> Are we willing? Even when we don't feel like it? Ouch. Aren't there times we don't feel like it? I know how that feels. It's easy to do church inside these walls. Jason's going to be taking you, everybody who works in Awana, he's going to be taking you through some exercises in the next several months and weeks. And it's all going to be, and you've got to come up with the appropriate response to the exercise. Amen. He already has the appropriate response written down. Yes. We've got to get excited because if we can't get excited and start living out loud, we'll never be able to do church out in the community. And so we're going to be challenging each other with that. And we're going to learn how to do it. And it's going to be awesome. And we're going to see souls saved. You know, the number one thing we got, you know, a church that thrives today in, in the day that we live, in the culture we live, our churches are focused on the lost who don't know Jesus. We got to do it. We've got to do it. We've got to win some for Jesus. I like to win them all. But let's try to win some. And then we'll get our, we'll start getting. Mm. If you haven't won, if you haven't led somebody in the sinner's prayer in the last five years, it's time to start doing it again. Come on. But Pat, no, no, no. Let's get rid of our butts, our excuses, and let's start living out loud in heaven. And let me tell you something: living out loud for Jesus is actually fun. Let's start having fun again. Let's stop worrying about all these other side issues. Amen. Let's start having fun again and live out loud and tell others, oh, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for this message today. We thank you, Lord, that you helped us today to learn more about you. Help us, Lord, to sanctify you. Help us through the cross to sanctify you in our lives. Help us, Lord, to always have a reason for, for our hope in you that we can share. Help us to live out loud, Lord. Help us to, to uh, take time each day to pray and read your word. Help us, Lord Jesus, to take this good advice we've been given today so that we can truly live for you. And help us, Lord, to conduct our lives so everyone that we meet and know will know we are saved. We praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me tell